I think, you know, they're a very skilled hockey team. They work hard. Uh, obviously, they're going to get their chances. Um, it's just trying to limit those. And I think we did a pretty good job of that tonight. Elvis had some great saves. But I think as a team, that's a step in the right direction. You know, how we have to forecheck, how we have to play in the neutral zone. It wasn't perfect by any means, but uh, you could see we were creating offense when, you know, when we were getting pucks in deep and, and forechecking and being being stiff through the neutral zone. So just got to keep building on it. Um, we got a couple days here but before our next game, so I think it's good for us to just kind of sit back and take away positives from it. Let's go, Coats. The Coats. Oh, my gosh. God bless. God bless Yarmo Kekalainen. What a guy. Comes in, makes a sweet deal. I There was a game today. The, I mean, just a good day. Good day. Good day to be a Jackets fan. Wow. It's funny how quickly things turn. How quickly, first of all, how quickly people are to jump on the Jackets and, and you know, get so depressed about them, which I did. I Rightfully rightfully so. I deserve to be calling out. I'm calling out myself in this. Got so down about the Jackets saying that they're not going to do squat this year. It's time to get rid of Torts. Blow the team up. Move the team to Texas. I mean, so many, so many things can be said in one week, and then, boom! You get to one one Saturday. You get to one Saturday, and it just you're back. All of a sudden, you're back. And right now, the coats are back. The coats are back. Let's go. Coats are a wagon. I'm like, coats are a wagon. It feels so good to say that, guys. It feels so good to say that. Let's start off. Obviously, okay, let's start the game. Got a ton of sound. This is a nice Blue Jackets post-game episode. Tons of sound that I will just sauce your guys' way throughout the entire episode. So stick with me there. Yeah, I guess uh, we'll start with the game first. We'll start with the game. 5-2 victory. Love to see it. Uh, you almost forgot there was a game today, obviously, because of the situation that was going on with Pierre-Luc Dubois. You kind of went to bed um, last night, which was a night after Pierre-Luc Dubois got benched for the whole game. And, you know, the video went all around Twitter and all around the hockey world of Pierre-Luc Dubois giving the most uh, beer league shift I've ever seen. I mean, it's just that's exactly... That's what you do. You just go, what can you say? What can you say? The dude does not want to be here, and we weren't listening to him. We thought maybe we can throw him out there a couple times, and maybe he won't let let the the fact that he wants to get out of there distract him from the fact that he wants to get out of here and that he needs to play hockey. Maybe he'll go out there and play for us. So, you know, Yarmo and Torch, they throw him in the lineup night in, night out. And, yeah, he gets a game-winning goal for us. And I, okay, maybe things aren't going that bad. And then, boom, first period, he comes back to Columbus, an empty nationwide arena building, playing against the Bolts. And he just says, screw this, dude. I don't, I do not want to be here. And, honestly, God bless him for doing that because... I think that was obviously when Yarmo and Torch were like, okay, it's it's time. It's time to get this guy out of here. That was his last shift as a blue jacket. So beautiful how he, you know, he answers to the media yesterday and he, you know, starts talking about 
all this and that and and how you know yeah uh you know a hockey player's job is just to go out there and win and that's just you know that's just a hockey player's job it's just to go out there and try to win it's the hockey player's only job is to win and be a good teammate and and just try to win yeah but dude you don't look like you want to win you just didn't even try like I said, I mean, it's just the only hockey. Dude, shut up, dude. Like, we all know we all know you won out, okay? I mean, we get it, all right? You're gone. You're gone. Yarmo makes moves. He stays up late overnight. He works a little OT. Uh, everybody in the league is probably contacting Yarmo saying, hey, I'll give you this, I'll give you this, I'll give you this. Yarmo waits till the right second, the right time, makes a banging deal for Patrick Laine, and... Here we go. I mean, I said I was going to talk about the game today, but I was so ecstatic driving downtown to work, knowing that we had made an ultimate trade. This is what's so great about being a Blue Jackets fan is that, yes, this is where careers, this is this is a play to get out city. I still believe in that, even though Jack Roslovic is coming back in the trade, which I, I'm excited for that dude. Miami, Ohio grad. Uh, he grew up in Dublin, played for the AAA Jackets. He's coming home. That's, this is great. We signed him instantly, of course, within an hour of him getting traded. Signed him to a two-year deal worth $2 million a year. That's awesome. And now you got Line A. Oh, my. This is so good. This is so good. I'm so happy for the Jackets. I'm so excited right now. I can't even contain my emotions. Oh, it just it's a great day to be a Jackets fan. And then you beat the Bolts. And then you beat the Bolts. You beat the Bolts. <laughs> the dudes that you know, and the other the game the other night, yes, did it look like did it look like lipstick on a pig because the Jackets lost in overtime? Yeah, like, yeah, like you got a point against the Lightning and people were saying, "Ah, eh, you know, that was an encouraging game." Okay, yeah, it was an encouraging game because the Lightning weren't on offense at all because the Blue Jackets had like five pen- power plays in like the second and third period. So, obvious, I wasn't like optimistic after that loss. I wasn't saying like, "Hmm, I think that was the game that put us back in, in overtime loss to Basically, the Blue Jackets' rival at this point, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I wasn't the guy that was like, "Yes, this is it. Where the the Jackets are back. This is what they needed to get their season right, to get confident." No, that wasn't it. But I, I mean, I see why people were thinking of that. There wasn't a lot of light at the start of the season. There, there hasn't been a lot to cling on to. So yeah, okay. An overtime loss to Tampa Bay. Uh, you take that to the bag. No, no, that's not. This is what you wanted. The five-two victory against the Lightning. That was the game. That was what you wanted. Just a dominating performance by the Jackets. Um, people are saying that Pierre-Luc Dubois was a distraction. Now that the Jackets were able to get this win, and obviously they played this game knowing that Pierre-Luc Dubois was not no longer a Blue Jacket. Do I do I know for sure that he was a distraction? No, but I mean you have to think a little bit that he was right. You have to think a little bit that he was. Imagine you working with a guy and that guy for the last year and a half or so, last two years, however long, had been giving you great effort in and out of every shift. And then all of a sudden, one day, you kind of know that he's about to quit and he just stops trying. And they, you know that, that that ruins your work shift. That makes work way harder. And if it, if it would affect you at work working with a guy that doesn't want to be there, that obviously brings the vibes down. PLD was destroying this team's vibes. He was a vibe tarantula. He was a vibe tarantula. I mean, he was an absolute vibe sucker, a vibe tornado. 
that man, no, no, get him out. Get. I said in the last episode, I will take a bag of pucks for him. We got to get the vi- vibes right here. And obviously, he goes. The vibes are good. Um, it was just good. It was good. It was a good vibe Saturday. And PLD is gone. We got Lion A coming back. Holy, holy hell. This is so good. I'm so excited right now. Somebody asked Yarmo the question. It might have been Jody Shelley. Jody Shelley was talking to Yarmo before the game, and he said, Yarmo, was it kind of hard selling away your the third overall pick in the 2016 draft? And he said, no, because we got the second overall pick. Like, what? That jacket's clearly on paper won this trade. Obviously, obviously, this is not something that you think in your head as like, okay, Jackets won this trade. No, you got to go see how they play on the ice. We got to go see how Pierre-Luc Dubois does up there with, uh, not, they got they got some good centers now. They got a good front six. I mean, you got Shifley, Ellers, Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, they, they got a good, they got a, Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to succeed up there. He really is. I really do think this is a good a good thing for both players. I, I really do believe that. And I know some people are like laughing at Pierre-Luc Dubois for wanting a bigger market, thinking that maybe we were going to trade him to like a, you know, like a big city like Los Angeles or New York or uh, like Dallas or something. I mean, or Montreal was another team that was in there. I know people were thinking like, this is probably what PLD wants, you know, and then we sent him to Winnipeg, which is in the middle of Manitoba. Like, no, obviously that's not a big market. But I, I think this is what I think ultimately Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted out of Columbus. I, I really do think more than him wanting a big market, he just wanted a fresh set of uh, something fresh. He just wanted some fresh tarps. And, of course, he's going to, like, a team that is probably in the Winnipeg Jets, probably the most identical team to the Columbus Blue Jackets in every fashion. So much so that, like, regularly in like ESPN like mistakes the Winnipeg Jets for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I remember when it was it was the playoffs I think when Emil Bemstrom actually accidentally hit uh Tuka Rask in the head in a, like a playoff game and ESPN tweeted out watch Winnipeg's Jets Emil Bemstrom hit Tuka Rask in the head. Like so like people like associate people the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Winnipeg Jets are like they're, they're like flip the teams Flip jerseys, flip the names of the teams, flip the cities, change the city skylines, flip it all. They're the exact same thing. They are the exact same thing. Not a ton of success in the playoffs, have maybe gotten out of the first round a time or two. For the most part, you know, a a mid-market size, even though Winnipeg is a little bit smaller, Winnipeg is kind of brought up by the fact that it is a Canadian team. They they do have uh, the Canadian the, the crazy Canadians that live there and support the team. It's a total flip-flop of spots. It's a total flip-flop at spots, but nonetheless, Pierre-Luc Dubois gets new scenery, and the Blue Jackets get some help offensively, man. And I'm going to start. I told you I got tons of sound, tons of sound for tonight's, uh you know, episode here. Let's go. Let's go straight to. Let's go straight to Dave Metzold talking to Patrick Line. Intermission of the Lightning and Blue Jackets game. He gets on Zoom with Line. Line's reaction to getting traded. Dave Metzold brings up the fact that the Blue Jackets need help scoring, and that is a dirt. We know that the Blue Jackets power play worse than the le- like one of the worst power plays in the league. 
they do not have that jolt offensively. They average like one goal a game. We know this about the Blue Jackets. So here is Dave Metzold talking to Patrick Laine. Team needs goal scoring. How anxious are you to help this team in an area where they really need some help? Well, they just scored three in the first. What do you mean they need goal scoring help? Um, no. Team. Good one. Just a classic, classic one-liner. But yeah. So anyway, we get we get a guy in Patrick Laine. This guy who put up 84 points in 68 games last year. I mean, what more can you say? The guy would have probably been a 100-point scorer last year. So this guy is absolutely sick. He's filthy. I just... He's been called out at times for... He's had droughts where he hasn't been able to score. And he's had droughts where people have actually questioned, like, his want to be there. And that's exactly like PLD. You know, PLD... Even times last year before he had that argument with Torts on the bench, like you would see people tweet about it. PLD just doesn't look like he's trying, which is true because Pierre-Luc Dubois is known as a guy that likes to rush the middle of the ice. He likes to carry the puck to the net. And, you know, when he's doing plays like that and the defender makes a successful play, which happens a lot, or like the goalie saves it, he just doesn't hustle back on defense. Like he, he's just one of those guys that just like he really does play like a beer leaguer in the sense that like it, it doesn't mean the world to him whether we win or lose. It, it just it, it feels like that with him. And the Jackets have, you know, Jackets fans, poor Jackets fans. It seems like we've dealt with so many guys like that, like like the Jeff Carters, you know, even Rick Nash, our faithful captain got a little bit like that at the end of his career. Granted, we've, we've had a better reunion with him. We've brought him back. Um, and now you got Pierre-Luc Dubois. Or, I mean, Artemi Panarin, Bobrovsky, those guys. We knew that those guys were on the way out. We've dealt with this before. The Jack Columbus is a play to get out city. I believe that. And and if you can just get people to love it enough to where they want to stay or, or love Yarmo or Torts or if you can just get them to love everything about that we have to offer enough, then that, then it feels good. It feels good. If it, maybe you can get them to stay, and, you, and that's why you have guys like Cam Atkinson and Nick Foligno and and Seth Jones and Zach Rowensky that have shown that they they you know they're open to the idea of sticking around for a long time. So I like that. And I, you know, I, granted, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do this whole situation with uh, Patrick Line in the off season. He's an RFA in the off season. So are we gonna be able to sign him? What's gonna happen? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, he's the young dude. He likes to play video games. We got guys that like to play video games. Zach Krowetsky's playing video games all the time, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, maybe we can get maybe we can get him in here and, and get him to stay long-term. I mean, gosh, I sure hope so. I mean, damn, dude. We were, I, I saw, like, you know, you know Blue Jackets fans are down bad where they're getting trash-talked by freaking Columbus Crew fans. That's pain right there. That is pain as a Blue Jackets fan. When Columbus Crew fans are talking trash to us, like what what's with that? I saw a Columbus Crew fan saying like, you know, the Crew can retain high end talent and win championships, and then there's other big cities in the MLS. Why can't the Blue Jackets do it? Well, you know what? Damn it, I don't know. Okay, man, I wish I really wish I had an answer for that, but I just don't, brother. I just do not have an answer. But here you go. You got Patrick Liney in here. Let's hear Torts. Torts talking with Portsy about the whole ordeal that went down. Let's kick it straight to that sound. Uh, this was post-game after the Blue Jackets 5-2 win, which not, almost none of it was talked about the game, by the way. Everything was talked about the PLD Liney situation. 
I'm pretty sure this first question here from Portsy, it's not in the clip, but there'll be more Portsy. Portsy asked John Tortorella what his reaction was and what are his thoughts are on Patrick Laine. Yeah, it's obviously he he, he can score. And and talking to Yarmo, Yarmo knows him pretty well. And I always talk to Yarmo about the players. Yarmo says he can pass the puck too. He's a really good playmaker. And I watched some of of the highlights up there. Of his last game, he's been nicked up a little bit. Big part of their win in Winnipeg. Yeah, I talked to him on the phone. Yeah, he he is uh, was really good, really good conversation. We just need to not sure what it all entails as far as getting them here and getting them on the ice with the protocol and visa and all that. But we're really excited about both of them coming, Jack and him, and uh, and just the excitement that they have is really encouraging for us. You've talked in the past about Yarmo and his strengths as, as a talent evaluator. He was in a situation where I think everybody knew he had to make a deal. Yeah. He comes out with this package coming back to uh, what it would appear pretty useful parts for you. Just your thoughts on what he was able to turn from a, a pretty bad situation that needed to be dealt with to, to get this out of it. Yeah, I, I think he's very good at it. Uh, I, I don't think he's afraid, you know, bringing in bread and, and all that stuff, and uh, he, he, yeah, he, he is, uh, you know, he got put in a hell of a spot. It, it was a hell of a spot he got put into here, and that, that's, that's what bothers me the most, the spot that he was put in. He stood right in there, and uh, uh, I, I talked to him a couple times yesterday, the amount of time he was putting into things. Yeah, so we're very happy that uh, he found this, found the way here, him and Chevy, and we're really excited about uh, uh, these guys coming to us. Yamo's not afraid of, of of trying to make his team better and and uh, putting his neck out there a little bit at times. So I, I think that's a really good trade of his. Is there a sense today in playing this game that you've got your team back? In other words, that it's all about the right things now? Well, uh, you know, I think it was an important game in where w- yesterday's workday was based on structure. And, uh, and we showed it. It, 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 it video the, the two meetings today was basically on some patience in our game and structure. As I said to you prior, you got to be really careful with the language you use when you're trying to maybe go down the other road, trying to get a little offense. You know, we're just, we were just too wide open. We really didn't have any concentration away from the puck. And that's what I'm encouraged about this. And you end up getting a result. I, I, I think it's always important for the players, especially to get a result. Coaches, sometimes you don't get the total result, but then you see some of the play and you're happy about some of the things. But players want results. So I, I think that'll double it up for us in, in how we handle ourselves away from the puck. And yeah, so hopefully we, we just need to gain some traction. Uh, we, we can't give up the chances we've been given and we need to gain some traction in that part of the game. Then we can explore some other stuff along the way. Yeah, good stuff from Torts there, just talking about just all of it. Just the win, Line A, his thoughts on what Yarmo had to do to, you know, get get Line A here, get a guy like that. Yarmo is just a goat at making trades, man. This guy knows what he's doing. And, I mean, I just think about the stars that, the, that have worn Blue Jackets jerseys in the last four years, and it's just it's unbelievable just thinking of, like, I mean, even before that, too, like Johansson, uh, Panarin, Duchesne, 
Bobrovsky, like I mean, just all the. Do- and now we got now we're gonna have Line A in a in a Blue Jackets jersey, Domi, like so many dudes that Yarmo has brought in and out of Columbus, and it, man, it's like Yarmo. <laughs> Yarmo might be the best general manager in the league that he's got in a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets to play this successfully. The Blue Jackets played successfully in in today's game against the Lightning. You heard Zach Rowensky talk about, you know, how they take a lot of positives from this game and, and are going to try to continue that. Let's hear Zach Rowensky's thoughts on the PLD situation and if it was a distraction. Honest, like I said with uh, the last question, we don't really think about that stuff. Um, you know, that's the business side of hockey. Uh, we as players want to go out there and win games. That's that's our main focus. I, I don't think about it. You know, I mean, if someone doesn't want to be here, they don't want to be here. We have you know, 22, 23 guys that, that want to go out there and win every night. So, you know, it is what it is. It's something that, like I said, we can't control. Only thing we can control is going out there and trying to win hockey games. And that's what we've been trying to do. Somebody was totally grinding in their kitchen when that happened because you just hear the pots and the pans clanking and Zach Orensky is just up there with his mustache just, you know, trying to talk about how he doesn't pay attention to what's going on with PLD. I call cap on that. I really do think it was a distraction, but nonetheless, here's Zach Orensky talking about his thoughts on getting to play with Line A. Yeah, uh, we're really excited. You know, we, we don't play Winnipeg too much throughout the throughout the years, but every time we play against them, uh, he's so deadly with the shot. You see highlights every single night, it seems like, with him just shooting the puck. You know, he's one of the best goal scorers in the game. And like I said, we're excited to get him here. And we're excited to get a local kid here, Jack Rosovic. I was teammates with Jack at USA, so I know him really well. Really excited to get both of them here and get to work with them. I think they're great additions. Yeah, no, Jack Rosovic is going to be a good addition. And that was part of the deal, right? Like, if the Blue Jackets were going to get rid of Pierre-Luc Dubois, we, we kind of felt like they were going to need to get a center back. And that's why a lot of people were like, eh, I don't know about line A because he's a winger. I don't, I don't know if that's going to help this team as much as we think. We need to have that center depth, especially since we lost Alexander Wenberg in the offseason. And, and Miku Koivu, we, we brought him in, but you knew that he was kind of like, he's kind of an older guy. You don't really know if he's going to be getting top six minutes. You don't know if he's if he's really... Up is he, if he's going to be up to speed with that, you know this team. Yarmo's trying to build a team that can win the Stanley Cup. He's not trying to build a team that can make the playoffs. And you need to have as many options at at center as possible. I mean, yes, you got Texier there, you got Stenland, but those guys are still kind of young. And and yes, can one of them flourish and 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 rise up and fill that spot? Absolutely, they can. But now you got one more guy in Jack Roslevic, who is coming back wearing his hometown number num, number ninety six. He, he's put in good minutes for Winnipeg. He hasn't been getting top-line minutes, but in 180 games with the Jets, he's gotten 67 points. So this is a guy that is, is going to add depth to that center spot. I'm not going to say he's going to be in the top six. That would be a wild take for me to, to just say that Rosselvick's going to be up there. But I'm sure he's going to be damn motivated to be he's a good hockey player. So we'll see what we get with him. Here's Nick Foligno talking a little bit about Rosselvick. Yeah, yeah, I skated with him uh, every time I've come back. He would be around, and uh, obviously, uh, he just he loves the city. He's a hometown boy, and uh, I'm, I'm sure he's thrilled. I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but I know he always jokingly would say it would be nice to play in his hometown team, and, and here he is. So, um, pretty pretty great story, I think, to have a, a locally grown player uh, play in this in this organization. A guy that grew up here and, and went through the minor systems, and, and now has a chance to play for the the 
to the top team in Columbus. I think that's an awesome story. And a lot of people I'm sure are proud along the way to have been a part of his. So I'm sure he's going to come in here and, and, and do his best. And, and we're thrilled to have him and obviously Lion A as well. And just knowing what he brings to our team, it's, uh, it's exciting. I was just watching, not on note about what he said about Roslovic. Yeah, obviously excited to have him back. But I was just watching the freaking game recap from today. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that Hedman scored a between-the-legs goal in which he was facing backwards toward the net. And this guy, there, you know, there's there's a reason. There's a reason why this guy wins Norris trophies. There's a reason why he helped his team win a Stanley Cup and won the Calder. He's good. He's good at, he's good at hockey. He is good at hockey. That goal was just freaking awesome by Hedman. I mean, just is completely turned around. Yeah, I can just I can put this one towards the net. Bounces off Elvis's pad and in. Sick goal. I mean, obviously when that goes in, you think at this point, here we go. Lightning probably going to dominate this one. But then the Jackets, they they come back on a hard shift and they actually end up taking the lead 2-1, but it, it all started with a stretch pass out to Cam Atkinson. Cam Atkinson gets in. Um and he, he fights a way in. This time he gets around Hedman. He tried to go around Hedman the other night, and that was just horrible. Went horribly. Absolutely got bundled by Hedman. I mean, that was the easiest play I think Hedman's ever had to make on defense. This time he tries the same move, switches over to his backhand, and just drives the net. And I think Fling, Flings was actually the one that punched it in. Flings, two goals in two games right now against the Lightning. That's Flings off to a hot start. Are we, are we going to talk about how Flings is back? His flings back. I don't know. But, <laughs> gosh, I'd love to see him score. Here's him talking about having two goals in two games. Well, I just think, uh, you know, when I'm around the puck and, and playing in those, you know, areas that, that allow me to score, that's usually when I'm playing my best. And, you know, that's a focus of mine to help this team. I knew we were talking about trying to, you know, starving for goals. And, you know, I, I think I took on a few different roles as, as the years have gone on here. But that was something I felt like I could help with. I mean, I wasn't happy with my shooting percentage last year. I wasn't happy with, you know, only having 10 goals. And that's uh, an area that I know I can improve on. So I uh, wanted to make that a focus. And, and I'm just trying to play the right way. I think that's usually, you know, it's funny you, you think about how, how to score in this league and you never figure it out. You just got to go to the right areas and, and play the game the right way. And, and you end up getting rewarded. And I thought a lot of guys did that tonight. And it's going in for me right now. And uh, hopefully it'll continue. Yeah, he's a guy that's been slowly kind of trending down for the Jackets. I mean, you talk about that 2015-2016 season when uh, he kind of hit his peak at, you know, he had 73 points that year, 31 goals. He's just been slowly coming back down. Even the year when the Jackets won 17 games in a row, the power play was firing. They made the postseason. He had 51 points that year. In the last three years, he's been getting in the 30s, 33, 35, and 31 points uh, 15, 17, 10 goals respectfully in the last three years. And now he's got two goals in five games. You love to see that continue. And, you know, it's all about getting in the right areas. We've seen that with Zach Rowensky. Zach Rowensky has, he had a goal tonight. He has positioned himself in, in scoring areas. It's just about the way you think about the game. Not as much about trying harder to score goals, but just positioning yourself. I really do believe that hockey is all about positioning, which is why you see guys who are 37, 38, 39, 40 years old, still playing in this league because of their brain. They just they, they know how to be in the right position to attack the puck, to play the puck. They know how to do all the right things, and that's what I love about hockey, and that's why 
I play the sport myself because I just know, yes, can I use my speed to to dust the beer leaguers I play with? Yes, absolutely. Should I be playing up with other people? Well, yes, I should be, but then I would suck. I don't want to do that. I want to play the guys that think I'm awesome. You know, I want to play with those guys. It's it's quite fun, actually. But, you know, that's the thing is you can play this game for a long time. And Nick Foligno, I, I really hope, is one of those guys now at 33 years old that can figure that out, figure out where he needs to be to, to find success and really be a guy that can rack up points for this team because we're going to need him. We're going to need him. I mean, him, Atkinson, Bjorkstrand, those guys are the guys that have tenured with this team for, for a long time. There have been a lot of guys in and out of the door. Boone Jenner, too. You got to invest in the guys that are still around, and, and you got you to gotta put pressure on them to lead this team, too, because we can't just keep relying on the revolving door and whoever we're going to get in the mystery box. Well, you got to have the wall guns. Nick Foligno, Cam Atkinson, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Texier, those are your wall guns. Those are the, the guns you buy off the wall in zombies. You got to be able to rely on those and go to those. You can't just go to the mystery box. God damn, that is the best analogy I've ever given on this podcast. Credit me. Tom's not even here to appreciate it. But let's keep bouncing around the sound here today. Um, I, I, You know, I'm interested. Let's hear the captain's thoughts on the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation. And this is him talking about, was it obvious that this uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois thing uh, needed to be dissolved? Did it need to go away for them to go to get over the hump. Here's Nick Foligno talking about that. Well, I think the biggest thing was just what we expect out of every player than they step on the ice. You know, that, that Luke wasn't giving us the brand of hockey that we expect out of every guy. And so, you know, that's, that's the part that, you know, you just, you can't have for the culture of your team, for the, you know, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, I think he would be the first one to say it. I think he, he already said it actually that he needs to be better. So, you know, that's, that's really what it comes down to. When everyone steps on the ice, they have a job to do. They, and we expect everyone's best. And, and you can see what happens when, when, you know, even myself, when we're not playing at the top of our, our game, what, what our team looks like. So it's not to put it all on Luke. It's, it's just the reality of, of how good this league is and how well you have to play every time you step on the ice. And, you know, it's, you see tonight the difference in just how a team get, comes together and, and plays when everybody's doing it for the team and playing the right way. And uh, I was proud of the guys tonight for, for playing the right way. Yeah, it was a classic Blue Jackets win. I mean, you had 13 different guys on the point on the score sheet tonight. You had 13 guys get involved with scoring. That is the way this Jackets team has to be. You got to get contribution from everywhere on the ice. That way that those star players that you do have, that the, the players that you do have, when when they don't have the pressure of having to do it because or at least it takes some pressure off those guys to get the big goals. Um, you have guys scoring all over the place, and that's what you got. It was it's exactly what you got out of the Blue Jackets. So they get, they get, they beat, they won this two game series against the Lightning. They they got three out of four possible possible points. The Lightning only got two. That's a positive to take away from this. And now the Blue Jackets are going against another Florida opponent, the Panthers. They come up. The Panthers did not play this week because the Carolina Hurricanes have COVID. So the Panthers are going to be coming off some rest. The Panthers also, they've played like two games, legit, both games against the Blackhawks. They've ran into some bad luck because they originally were supposed to open up against the Dallas Stars, but the Dallas Stars had COVID. So now you got a Panthers team in there that that they haven't really had any traction at all. They've won two games against the Blackhawks, but like what are really what really are the Blackhawks? The Blackhawks haven't even won a damn game yet. 
Um, Panthers have no idea what they're doing. They're totally, they're, they're crapshoot as, as a franchise. They've won two games and they probably will be a little feisty, you know, throughout the year and may, may even scratch their way into the top four. I don't think they will. They, they are a complete wreck as a franchise right now because they gave Bobrovsky $10 million a year and he has looked a shell of what we got out of him in Columbus. They're not even sure that he's going to be like the number one guy this year because he's so bad. I mean, this guy, this guy gave up four goals the other night against the Blackhawks. Against the freaking Blackhawks. They won the game in a shootout. I'm, I think they did, right? Did Florida win last week? I don't even... I got to catch up and see if Florida beat the Panthers the other night. Or, obviously... What am I even saying? The Blackhawks. I got to catch up and see if the Blackhawks beat the Panthers. No, okay, the Panthers are 2 no, They want to shoot. They won in a shootout. So, Bobrovsky's 1-0 in the year. But he gave up four goals against the Blackhawks. And it is a total... It's a total joke. I mean, this guy, his goals against average was under three the entire time. was low two. 2.06 his Vesna year, 2.42, 2.58 his final year. I mean, this guy was a consistent. I mean, there was a reason why he got the contract he did. It's because he earned it. And then he came into Florida last year, 3.23 goals against average. So significant jump up there. I don't know what that is, but that guy has been so inconsistent for the Panthers. I love him. He's probably he's still my favorite goalie in the league, and I still root for him because he is the best goalie the Blue Jackets have ever had. But he has been bad with Florida, man. And now they, they don't even know how to handle the Keith Yandel situation. They can't even handle Yans. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, they, the, the fact that they almost didn't play him for opening night, a total joke what's going on over there right now. And I hope the Blue Jackets beat their teeth in Tuesday and Thursday night this week, get a swift four points in this one, Really get rolling, get some momentum, climb your way up the central division. Right now, obviously they're 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 tied for first place. They have six points in six games, though. Um, no other team has played six games in the central division. The Blue Jackets have played the most, so you got to kind of see what Carolina does when they get back. You got to see what Nashville does. Nashville's lost two in a row, though, so Nashville might be settling into where they're at. Nashville, Detroit, Chicago, those are three teams I don't think you're really going to have to worry about. And then, like, I mean, I mean, maybe between, like, maybe between Detroit, Nashville, and Florida, one of them gets a little spicy. But even so, the Blue Jackets, should they should still make the playoffs now. The Coats are a wagon. They should make the playoffs. Hell, they, they could win this thing. Let's go. The Jackets could win this this division, like, let's do it right now. The coats are wagging. We got Patrick L- freaking line on our team, dog. Let's go. This is it. It's time to roll. Now is the time. I'm so jacked. This is so great. Coats back in action on Tuesday night. Oh, God, hell of a year. Hell of a year. COVID has been wild, but God damn, I am excited for this Blue Jackets team. Let's read some scores going on around the league right now. Montreal up on Vancouver. And you want to talk about teams that have won trades. Montreal has gotten a lot out of Josh Anderson early on. He's already got three goals on the year. And then Nick Suzuki has looked awesome. He just got his second goal of the year. He, he scored tonight. And, you know, what, what do you have to say about Vancouver? Vancouver's a team that I thought was going to make the postseason. Um, surely there's still a lot of time, but... They struggled, man. Holpe has not been that good. He's been allowing a lot of goals. I think he allowed five the other night against Montreal. 
He's got to step his game up. And yeah, they're, that team is definitely a shell. They they also are a shell of what they were in the in the bubble last year. They they I mean they're two and four on the year. You got to expect more out of that, uh, especially with all the momentum that they had eliminating the Blues last year. Yeah, Vancouver was that hot team, but they have not looked the same. And Montreal, they have completely they haven't lost a game yet in regulation. They're three zero and two of five games. Montreal has been buzzing out there. And I'm really excited to see more of the Montreal Toronto. Toronto, they've also they've came out pretty strong. That team can snap the puck around too pretty hard. I'm really excited to see what that Toronto Edmonton game looks like. It was a freaking great game the other night. Or no, it was a Toronto and Winnipeg was a game that I watched that was pretty awesome. Toronto and Edmonton was a good game too. I, I really did enjoy that game. Edmonton came out with the victory. I think they surprised a lot of Canada because Edmonton had started to trend their way down after their series with Vancouver and they just had not looked good. And then they came back out against Toronto. And, and dude, this, 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 this Canadian division, this Scotia North division has been exactly what it's been built up to be. It's just been just pure, pure awesomeness, pure, pure love of hockey. You got to, you got to tune into almost every game you're going to watch uh, you, that or that you could possibly watch out of this division because it's been awesome. Ottawa and Winnipeg. Ottawa's a team that could get spicy. They've only played four games, so they're they're one, two, and one in those four games. Let's see if they can get a little momentum going. Yeah, yeah, man. But nonetheless, I, I don't even want to think about other teams right now because I started to talk more about other teams in the last few episodes because frankly, I just I was I was kind of getting out. I was kind of getting out on the jackets. I, I was starting too mentally. I didn't like what I saw in Nashville. I, I didn't like what I saw in Detroit. Yes, you got to win against uh, in one of those games, but it just the Pierre Luc Dubois situation. It was throwing off my vibes. My vibes were off. The vibes are back. The vibes are back on. Patrick Line, he's the vibe master. Let's go. And I'm so pumped right now. I, I I'm so I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. Go coats. Coats are a wagon. Buy our shirt. Shop.artillery.com. The go coats shirt. Go coats go. Wagon, absolute wagon. Uh, please, somebody rate our podcast on Apple. Um, if you do, if uh, you know what, if you if you rate our podcast on Apple, I'll uh, enter you in, into a, a a contest to win a free Go Coat shirt. There, rate us on Apple and then leave a comment. Leave a nice comment. Has to be five stars. If if you don't like us, don't rate us. Or you know what, be a little critical. Why not? I can take the heat. Let's go. Let's roll. Whatever you got, whatever you want to bring, give it to me. I don't care. Um, but yeah. Uh, tell your dog.